Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. So I want to turn our attention now to the Word of God. And uh, what we always do is we always stand. So if you don't mind, why don't you stand with me, open your Bibles, and go to John chapter 20 either on your phone or however you're watching. I want to welcome our online service. They're with us uh, at our service now. They weren't with us this morning. Welcome. Good to have you watching from everywhere. Maybe you can share this on your Facebook or wherever you are. Uh, The reason why we stand for the Word, in case you're new to the church, you're like, I'm not used to this. What's this all about? We stand just in honor of God's Word. I get that from the book of Nehemiah. The Bible says when, when God's people were in captive at Babylon, they were slaves there and they didn't hear the Word of God preached before but God brought them out and when they returned in the book of Nehemiah and Ezra they were so excited about hearing God's word that they stood in the hot sun for hours just to hear as Ezra preached the word so I love that and that's why we've adopted that in our in our church and our culture here is to stand in honor of, of God's word how many are hungry for the word Amen. Excited about the word this is not just a book it's a bible it's a written letter from God that will change our life And I'm not just a spokesman, I'm also a client. John chapter 20, I'm bringing your attention on the resurrection morning to a a woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene. This is her story and her experience with this Jesus that everyone's talking about. He died, and this is Resurrection Monday, or Resurrection Sunday in verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she went, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one, the other one at the feet, where the body of Jesus used to lay. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've taken him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? She thought he was the gardener, and she said to him, sir, if you've carried away Tell me the body, tell me where you have laid him, and and, and I'll go and take him away. But Jesus said to her, Mary. And when he called her name, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, or Rabbani, which is translated, it means teacher. She recognized him then. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go. I love that. Everybody say go. Jesus is telling her to go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and he's your father. To my God and he's now your God. How many know that's because Jesus paid the price? Verse 18, Mary did what the Lord said. She came and she told the disciples what she had seen, how she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We just pray you continue to speak to our hearts today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated today. Thank you. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning uh, about the gospel according to Mary. A gos- the gospel according to Mary. You know, I've been talking about reset here at our church and, and how God is, is wanting to do a reset. And I believe a reset is coming. And 
We see it in the spiritual. God will always do things in the spiritual before we see it in the natural. Now, I don't know what other kind of reset we're going to experience in the natural, but things are looking kind of crazy in our world today. Can you say amen? Uh, but the Bible, I've been preaching about a reset. And, uh, but let me tell you something. Today, this weekend, it stand, this is the opportunity for the greatest reset ever. is for us to get our lives to be reset, our spirit to be reset into God. That's what this weekend represents and so um, thinking of that, I begin to just think about this message, and I want to get back to talking about the gospel that I think a lot of churches and a lot of people might have, uh, you know, tuned it out. Now, I usually on Sundays, I usually are, are speaking and preaching to believers, to people who believe in Christ and, and, and are followers of Christ. I get that. I understand that. But not every Sunday. And uh, maybe you're here or you're watching online. Maybe you're watching online and someone is watching a service and you just happen to be in the room and you're listening to some guy talk about something and you heard some singing. Well, I want you to know that God has a plan and he has set you up for what I'm getting ready to share with you. And it's a good thing that there is a God in heaven. He cares for you and he has a plan for your life. And this is just the beginning of what could be a reset in your whole life that could change the trajectory of your whole family. And it all starts with the gospel. Everybody say gospel. I love the gospel. I love to hear other people's stories when how they come to know the Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love that. I love to hear how the Lord uh, saved people. I did this in the early service. I'm going to do it again. I didn't ask anybody. I'm just going to go right off. Because uh, I know many of you, and I know many of your stories. And looking here on the front row, the McBlain family. I remember when, when Connie was the first one. To get, actually, her daughter, Caitlin, was uh, going to school with my daughter, Miranda, at Summit Academy. And uh, shout out to Summit. It's not as good as Kennedy and Taylor, but it's a good... Anyway, and uh, they were best friends. And our church had what, what's called the Harvest Festival. We still have it every year. And so Connie came to the church to drop off Caitlin. And I just so happened to be out there. And uh, I met her, and I said, hi, and I was a youth pastor in those days. And I said, hey, well, this is for the whole community. And actually, the Harvest Festival was inside the building. That's how little uh, the Harvest Festival was at that time. It's nothing like it is now. We have the whole property. Uh, but, man, it was, it was put on with excellence. And uh, I remember Connie came in and, and uh, learned about Jesus, and she's been here ever since. Amen? Gospel story. Her family. And goes, and goes on and on and on. Uh, people that are watching online, I know I've heard many of your stories, and there's two special people, and I've never done it on a Sunday, but I do want to just give a huge shout out to Melinda's mom and dad, Don and Ellen, who watch up north. They're one of our faithful watchers and, and, and listeners and online church people, and uh, for years, Melinda and I, you know, talked to them about the Lord, and Don will tell you about it, and talked to them about Jesus, sometimes for hours, and they listened, and they heard uh, but one day during the live stream, during COVID, when we were all in lockdown and we just live streamed our church services, they were able to find us then. And little by little, they've learned about Jesus Christ. Both of them have given their hearts to Jesus, and now they tune in and watch us every Sunday. Amen. On and on and on. There's just stories and stories that I could tell you. Uh, Steve, I was talking with him before service. I don't know if he's here at this one. Stevie B was the guy that uh, I knew since he was a kid, and um, his dad was actually my, one of my Royal Ranger commanders, and as time went on, uh, life uh, was pretty tough. I know Stevie B, I don't know where he's at. If you're here, stand up, Stevie, Stevie B. Life was pretty tough on him. I don't see him in here. 
And uh, anyway, he got himself into a pretty rough situation, so he ended up going to Life Challenge. And uh, Life Challenge is a place and a program that helps people uh, get set free from entanglements. And uh, he met the Lord, and the Lord began to change his life. And uh, he graduated from Life Challenge. Now he is uh, on staff. He's a staff member. He works there. He attends here. He even met his wife here and is going to get married this summer. Come on, somebody. How about that? I'm going to have to have him go back and watch this because he's going to want to watch that. Who else we got out here? I mean, God has just saved people. I love to hear people's story. I don't know about you. Uh, our, our, my life story, uh, in a nutshell, actually began with my two daughters. My two daughters started going to church before we did. A friend of ours um, started the church in Lincoln Park, and he asked to come and pick up. Uh, first, he invited me to church. He said, hey, you know, you guys want to come to church? And I said, no. And he goes, well, how about uh, if we just come and uh, we have a children's program and my wife, Terry, we just love your daughters. Can they come and be a part of the kids' ministry? I was like, yeah, you know, I get a babysitter every Sunday. We get to watch football. It's a win-win. And uh, so they came and picked up Felicia and Miranda. They were just little. But little and behold, over the weeks, they would learn about Jesus Christ. They gave their hearts to Jesus. They started singing Christian songs and singing about Jesus. It drove me crazy like every Sunday. But slowly, God began to work in my life, and that was actually the last straw in my life. And just a few months after that, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and became a follower of Jesus Christ. About a few months later after that, my wife began to come home from out of town uh, on a business trip, and I remember walking in, and she's been watching me. She wanted to see if this Jesus thing really worked because my life was kind of messed up. I was in and out the legal system. I was into the streets, addiction. I had all kinds of problems going on in my life. So don't let the suit coat fool you this morning. And uh, she said, well, if you go to church, I'm happy because I remember calling her saying uh, when I was out of town, I said, uh, honey, what do you think about going to church? And she said, well, if it had changed you, I'm down for it. And so that was her answer. So I did go to church. They all started coming to church with me. I wanted my girls to be raised in church and, and all of that. Uh, but she didn't make a decision to follow the Lord. And one day when I came home, saw her, I saw a difference in her, and I said, you look different today. She said, well, while you were gone, I prayed a prayer with a TV preacher, and I gave my life to Jesus. So that's why, yeah, amen. Isn't God good? So that's why I'm not too hard on TV preachers, some of those guys, even though they got crazy hair, and they're, you know, some of them, some of them got a good message, so you can't judge them. Uh, my wife got saved that way. And... Um, Many of you have gotten saved and you've come from different, some of you got saved in other churches and just, you know, came here. But I'm just curious, I didn't do it at the early service, but I'm just curious if, if you are here and if you have rededicated your life to the Lord uh, or gotten saved in this ministry, will you just put your hand up so I can see you right where you are? If you're watching us online, maybe you're not here, amen, amen, look around, amen, God bless you, awesome, 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 amen. Come on, church, that is awesome, isn't that awesome? That's why we're here. Online, guys, if you're watching and you've gotten saved through the ministry, we know people are giving their hearts to the Lord, put your name in the chat. We'd love to know about that and know where people are watching. God is doing something in these crazy days that we're living in. I believe it's just the drops of revival are happening. And you're seeing with college kids on universities that are secular and um, Christian universities are coming to the Lord. But I believe this is just the beginning 
I saw this on the news the other day that uh, there's so many people coming to Easter services this weekend. It's beating uh, pre-pandemic numbers. Churches in the South are having to put tents up outside. I mean, so no matter what you hear on the news, the church of Jesus Christ is not dead. There are people coming to church. I mean, just look around here. It's just amazing what God is doing. And that is what I mean that God is wanting to do something even more in all of our life. I believe it is a reset that he's doing spiritually in our life. But here's the point for all of that. I didn't forget about Mary. In case you're visiting, what is he doing? There's one thing that we all have in common, no matter how we've gotten saved, whether you've gotten saved in other churches, you come here or what, here's the one thing we all have in common, is that we all heard the gospel. It's the gospel that we have all heard in one way or another, or better yet, even seen the gospel in someone's life, but it was the gospel message that got us to believe in this Jesus Christ and has changed our life. It's the gospel. Everybody say gospel. The word gospel appears in the Bible 93 times. It is said by the Apostle Paul almost 50 times. It depends what translation that you have. The word gospel, you might have heard of gospel truth, you might have heard of uh, that's the gospel. Um, the word gospel actually means, in the Greek, good message. And in the Latin, it means good news. So when we say the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are actually saying it's the good news of Jesus Christ. So all of us has heard at one point in our life the good news about Jesus Christ. And it, that exactly is what has changed our life. What is the good news of Jesus Christ? And it's, it's uh, kind of concerning to me, but it's true. There are many people that have attended churches for a long time and still have never really understood or even heard a clear explanation of what the gospel was. I was brought up in church and I heard everything else and I'm sure it was taught because my dad is a gospel preacher. Pastor Brown was a gospel preacher. I, I heard it, but it never resonated. It was like one of them little games with the BB in the middle and you got to go around and get it into the hole. Sometimes you can be raised in church and that BB just goes around and goes around and goes around. Then one day it goes bloop right into that hole. Lights come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When that happens, that's when the life, lights come on and your life begins to change. If there's one scripture in all of the Bible that is clear the heart of what the gospel message is, it's simply 2 Corinthians 5.21. I've been saying it all weekend. On Friday night, we talked about blood. What is with blood in the Bible? Why does God seem to be gory? I mean, what is with the sacrifices? We talked about that Friday night. If you were not here, go to our YouTube channel and watch the Friday night, Good Friday service. I explained in detail what the blood represented and why blood was required for sin. But in this scripture, it's 15 Greek words. In English, it's 24, depending on your translation. But it simply says, For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. If you're in, you need to memorize that Bible uh, verse right here. If you're looking for a good scripture to memorize, it's this one right here. This sums it all up. Let me break it down to you real quick. It says, for he made him. Who? That's God. God made Jesus become sin. What does that mean? In the sense that God put everyone's sin who would ever commit sin, who would ever believe in Jesus, onto Jesus on the cross. 
Even though he was perfect and blameless and innocent and the spotless lamb, he was perfectly innocent. There was never one time that he sinned. He was never a sinner. He was almighty, holy God on the cross in man's form. And God put all of our sin on him because sin has to have justice. God cannot let little lies go or even a murder go. All sin has to be Recompense. There has to be justice or God would deny who he was as a just God. So God said, I'm going to do this. I love my people so much. I'm going to take someone and, and make an opportunity for all of their sin to be forgiven at once. But I need an innocent person, someone who is willing and innocent to be able to go. And that was Jesus Christ. So God took all of our sin and put it on Jesus and he didn't stop there. He treated Jesus, let me put it like this, in other words, as if he lived my life. He turned right around and then he treated me as if I lived Jesus' perfect life. That's called the great doctrine of substitution. This is what started the Reformation was this one verse right here. Used to be just Catholic church was the only church known to man. This one verse is what caused everyone to go, wait a minute. It's not about works. It's not about being good, looking good, doing a lot of works. It's all about what Jesus had already done on the cross. If I believe in Jesus, all of my sins are erased. Somebody ought to get happy in this church this morning. That is the gospel message in one verse. I'm standing before you today in X everything. Yeah, God has polished us and he's brought us out and, and gave me and my family and my family's been able to, to get all kind of things in our life and, and, and be educated and God's cleaned us up and put me in a church and put me as, as pastor. By the way, today, today is 10 years that I stepped into the pulpit as your senior pastor at River of Life. So if you're thankful for that, say amen. If not, keep praying. So it's kind of a big day uh, for us. But this is what God has done in my life. And here's the point, is this gospel message. That's the gospel. Now, when you and I believe in this gospel, not just hear it, watch this, but take what I just said and we apply and believe it and receive it into our life, it begins to change us. What do I mean by believe? The word believe in the Bible, whosoever shall believeth in him. It's not the English word believe. It's the Greek word pisteo. It means to commit. It means to trust. It means to believe so much that I will have an act and I will trust. I use this illustration. It was a, it was a famous tightrope walker back in the early 30s or 40s. I forget his name, but you can look him up. He was known for his tightrope uh, um, acrobats. And he went to Niagara Falls and he put a tightrope across one of the Niagara Falls waterfalls over there. How many's ever been to water, Niagara Falls? He put one of them, all these people gathered to see what he's going to do. He walked across the waterfalls, came all the way back, and then he got a wheelbarrow, and he got the wheelbarrow on there, and he went all the way from one side, and he came all the way back in the wheelbarrow, and everyone's like, whoa, this is amazing. He said, how many believe that I can go back across this one more time with the wheelbarrow? And everybody was like, oh, I believe, I believe. He said, how many of you are willing to get in the wheelbarrow? That right there, and they did what you did. <laughs> It's one thing to hear about Jesus and hear about the gospel and hear about him raising from the dead and hearing about he's on the cross for my sin. It's an entirely different thing to say, I believe it. I'm getting in the wheelbarrow. Take me wherever you want. Christianity is just a crutch. No, it's not a crutch. 
Some people, unfortunately, use Christianity as a crutch. In other words, what happens when you get a crutch? When you injure yourself, you need help, you use a crutch. When you get better, you throw the crutch down. Many people have looked at religion, when I get in a tight spot, I'm going to use Jesus, get me out of it, then I go back. I did that. But what I really discovered is if we want to see a life change, is Christianity was never meant to be a crutch. It was meant to be a stretcher. When you and I get on the stretcher, get in the wheelbarrow, and say, not my will, not my life, but yours be done, God, then you and I are experiencing the gospel. Paul said it like this. When we believe the gospel, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Another great verse to memorize. This was actually one of the first verses I ever memorized. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power unto salvation for who? Who? Everyone who what? There's that word again. Who believes. Amen. To the Jew first and then the Gentile, but I want you to focus on those words. He said, the power of God that we celebrate today that rose Jesus from the dead, the power, the miraculous the miracle power. Jesus fed with seven loaves, five loaves, few fish. The, the miracles Jesus did is the same word here. Dunamis, power, is in the message of what I just told you. When you and I take what that word just said and believe it and receive it, it can cause shackles of addiction to come off of our life. It could cause shame, guilt, and depression, and anxiety, and fear to just lose its hold. That's power. That's power. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the power, because he could change our life. That's what brings us to Mary. Mary was a person whose life was dramatically changed. Now let's clarify who this Mary was. There's several Marys who followed Jesus. Jesus' own mother's name was Mary. This is Mary Magdalene. Magdalene is not her last name. It's from where she's from. She's from a little city called Magdala. Many of us that went to Israel, we visited there. It was one of the highlights of the trip. It's a little fishing town, northwest of Galilee, and they were known for two things. They worked hard, and they partied harder. Mary Magdalene was that person that partied really hard. And the Bible says in two different places that she had some demons. You know some people with some demons? Maybe you're in here with some demons. You look all nice and you're dressed in suit, but you got some demons. Come on, somebody. That used to be me all the time. I had a lot of demons in my life. I had a lot of issues in my life. This woman had seven demons in her. She was held captive. She was in bondage. She was tormented. She was not happy. She was in all kinds of things. But she got a hold of this gospel message that I just told you, and it totally transformed her life. Here she is, so much so that the rest of the fellas, the apostles, are hiding up in the room. Come on, ladies. And she's the first one to show up in the morning talking about, where's my Jesus? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you, ladies ought to be going, that's right, preacher. Preach it. Amen. Amen. That's what happened. Well, if you look at Mary's gospel, if we could talk with Mary and say, Mary, Pastor Eddie gave us the gospel. I understand it. It's pretty good. And he shared some stories that were a little different at church on Sunday. Mary, what would you say? What details would you give us? And that's why I call it Mary's Gospel. It's just two. I promise to get you home before that ham burns. But this is what I'm about to say. can change your life forever. Mary, I believe, would look right at all of us. And she would say this. It's possible to know Jesus 
and still miss him. She would say, listen, guys, we're living in a day where you may be driving on the road and miss your exit. There's probably another one down the road. But we're living in a day where you got to get this one right. This thing about Jesus. She said, because I didn't get him right. I didn't even know who he was that morning. It is possible to grow up in church and know all about God. It's possible to grow up in America and sing songs about God in a Christian school or however your, your, your context is. It's, it's possible to know all about Jesus and still miss him. I did it as a kid growing up, as I done shared with you. Why? How is it? As I was looking back, after over these last 10 years, just things that God's done in our life and in our ministry, I also looked at culture. And it's amazing what has happened in the last 10 years in social media alone. You know, Facebook was out, but it only was known for poking one another and for putting on, on, on each other's wall. It, it wasn't even like what it is now. Anybody remember that? I mean, it, you know, I don't want to go back too far, but I remember my cell phone, my first cell phone, didn't even have texting on it. It was, it was just a few years after, before 10 years. So 10 years, there was no social media influencers 10 years ago. There was bloggers. There, there, were, there was none. I looked him up. There was this one guy. He's the first one to start paying people to be a blogger. That's how the influencers got started. I mean, 10 years ago, YouTube was like, what? It was like, you know, nothing like it is today. It's good and bad. The good is we can be connected. We can also, man, you can find out how to build your house on YouTube. Come on, somebody. I mean, you can, you can find out. I had a problem with my car the other day, you know, and just been looked it up on YouTube, and this guy walked you right through it. I use it all the time. I look up how to shoot a bow, and he never has it right because the best bow shooters on the front row up here are Doug, my buddy. Uh, you can learn anything on YouTube. That's a good thing, but unfortunately, it's also a bad thing. You can also be told different gospels. You can be told different ways to get to heaven. So this is what I believe why so many in our society today have missed, know about Jesus, know about the blood of Jesus, know about Easter, know about this whole weekend, but still miss them because we've heard so many different ways to heaven. We've heard so many different versions of the gospel, who the true Israelites are, and what do you have to do to be saved? I gotta be sprinkled, I gotta be dumped, I gotta take communion, you gotta hand it to me, you gotta be holy, you gotta look like this, you gotta wear certain clothes, you gotta sing certain songs, you gotta read out of a certain Bible, you gotta say amen, or you gotta say no, nothing in church. And we've got all these crazy ways that our messages and supposed to be good news about Jesus, and we are more confused than a termite in a yo-yo. It's hilarious and it's funny as some of these things that people see. I know, I'll go on YouTube sometimes and I'll be looking for something, and that little sidebar is like, ooh, it catches my attention. You hit it and you end up hearing, what? But here's the thing, I know the gospel. And so I just listen to some of this stuff, and I'm going, man, this guy's wrong. This guy don't know what he's talking about. But I know God. But I think how many of us that are out there, and we got a whole generation that is coming up that have heard so many different things and looked at the church, and unfortunately, the church is filled with you know so many. We've made so many mistakes as Christians and as church people, and we we try our best. But man, the church, and I'll get there in a minute, and it's confused some people. Is very common and is very normal for us to lose sight of the real gospel of Jesus Christ. So much so that Paul, that guy I was talking about, 
addresses an entire church in the city of Galatia who begin to drift away and get confused. They, were, they followed Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They were like, I'm all in. And then these other guys came and, and, and they started saying, hey, check out my, follow me on YouTube and follow me on Instagram. And they started listening to all these other ways to get to heaven. And they started to get confused and, and pretty soon they were all mixed up. So Paul writes this in Galatians and he says, evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a different gospel than the one which we preached to you at first, let them be under God's curse. What's he saying? He's saying this, we're all entitled to our own opinions about anything. Have them, tweet them, Instagram, follow me on Twitter, Pastor J. Eddie, amen. We can have our own opinions. We're entitled to our own opinions, but we're not entitled to our own gospel. We're entitled to our own opinions, but we're not entitled, according to the Bible, to our own truth. And I know it's your truth, my truth, and again, that's why I believe so many are confused. Mary would say, please, guys, I almost missed a real deal. And I know it's easy, if I almost did, for everybody to do it. This gospel message that Jesus did on the cross was not just a religious thing. I mean, I looked up on YouTube. I don't have time to do this, but I looked up some stats a couple years ago. If you took the Bible uh, and set it down and just went through non-biblical text and looked up the man and life of Jesus Christ, you would find, I I had a whole list. I should have brought it. I hate bringing stuff up and not showing you. Look it up. It'll blow your mind. It was just about the whole New Testament that people... uh, said that Jesus Christ did all of these things, the miracles, born of a virgin woman, born in Bethlehem, this and that, and, and died and was, rose and, and was claimed to be missing and rose from the dead. Even Roman soldiers who, who was uh, aiding and killing Jesus after seeing what they saw in the crucifixion became followers and believers of Jesus Christ. The Roman Empire that crucified Jesus just and, and just squashed Christianity, they thought, later announced and made Christianity their religion in just 300 years after. How did that happen? The power of the gospel. When you and I believe this message, it changes things. It will change your life. It changed me. It changed the trajectory of my family. And God is saying, I wanted to do the same thing today. Another reason why people may miss Jesus is one is because they're confused and not knowing the true gospel and think there's other different ways to heaven. And again, let me just say this. I said this before, that when Jesus said, I'm the only way to heaven, he's not, you know, I said it last week, he's not being exclusive, he's being specific. You know, I live 30 minutes from here, uh, and so, but a church that's alive is worth the drive. Come on, somebody, amen. And so, and so if I told you if you wanted to get to my house, you got to get on I-94, and what did I say? You got to go east, you got to go east to get to Taylor. I, you do, but if you said, you know, Eddie, you know, you're just too radical. You know, I want to go west. I feel like I need to go west. And I, I was brought up, and I want to go west. Well, I'm going to say, go, bro. You can go. Go west. You can drive as far as you want to go with as good intentions as you have until you run out of gas. Guess what? You ain't going to Taylor. <laughs> you, you can drive fast. You can drive slow. You can take coffee breaks. You can hit every rest area. 
Same thing. Jesus says you can hear about Jesus Christ. You can know about the message of Jesus Christ. But unless you receive him and believe in the gospel, your life's not going to be changed. He is the only way. But in other ways, I think that people think, this is why they miss him, and then I'm going to start to close. What does that mean? Nothing, okay? (laughs) Another reason why people miss Jesus, here it is, this was me. I knew the way, but this one got me. I thought I had time. People know about Jesus. Many watching online, here in the building, this is not new to you. Maybe help bring some clarity and connect some dots, but you know when you know when you know. Your grandma told you about Jesus. Your mama told you about Jesus. You've even seen some miracles happen in your life. You should not even be alive in this building today. You know that there's a God. But in your heart and in your mind, you think you have time before you fully get in the wheelbarrow. I told you I'm coming for you today. I got my Adidas on and my jacket. Come on, somebody. And it wasn't the blue one. Everyone said I thought I was going to wear it. I said, do I wear that ever Easter? My wife said, yeah. You think you got time? I thought I had time. My plan was when I get too old to party, I'm going to stagger in some church one day. Lord Jesus. Or be on my deathbed. Lord Jesus, come into my life. And then I'd go to heaven. That was my, that was my M.O. I love that song we sung earlier. It says... Uh, about trading lesser things for greater things. Did you catch that lyric of that song? That's a new song. I, I haven't heard that one, I don't think. Amen. I do pay attention in worship. I love that. That sums up what I'm talking about. God doesn't expect you and me, you know, giving stuff up. It's a trade-up. It, it's like, you know, if you drive an old bucket. I used to drive a bucket and a hoopty. If you knew in my generation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Otherwise, you're like Googling it right now. I had a bucket and a hoopty. A hoopty is just a bigger bucket. And if a car salesman said, hey, man, you drive that. And one time we did drive our bucket into our, our hoopty into, it was a, l- a real hoopty. It was a Buick Skylark, and they had no shocks. I paid 800 bucks for it, and I had to save up for three weeks to get it. And I remember driving home. Um, it had no shocks, so I'm on 94 West, and I'm doing this. But it was okay, because that was the style. I just turned my radio up. Everybody was like, oh. And I was like, real hydraulics, baby. But then this guy at work, and then I heard about the trade-in, and we ended up driving, long story short, and traded and pulled that hoopty up in there and drove off the lot with an Eddie Bauer Ford Explorer. You didn't have to beg me to do that. I mean, I saw the deal, and I came running in there, driving that jalopy, tried to make it look good, cleaned it all up. They knew. (laughs) Hey, Carl, take it around to the garage. You know, they know. They test it out. But you know what? He says, I'm going to work with you anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I regretted. It was a trade-up. Let me tell you, anything that God wants us to give up to follow him, it's not giving it up. It's trading up. I'm talking about friends, finances. I'm talking about lifestyles. I'm talking, wouldn't you love to give away your anxiety and depression and exchange it for joy and peace? Real joy in peace. That was another thing. I didn't think you could have that without a substance. That was my real MO, but I'm here to tell you. I tell them all the time when I'm at Life Challenge that I'm 26 years clean and sober, and I'm loving it. Because there's a difference. Amen. That's, give God glory. You know what I'm going to say? I got friends that are in the penitentiary that are also clean and sober for 26 years. They're not loving it. 
There's a difference. Jesus said, back to this being the only truth, only the truth can set you free. So if you and I will get a hold of that and believe it, I'm telling you it happened. I tried to quit so many things in my life, and it may not be a substance or a habit. Some of us are just workaholics. We're just busy. We're just doing this, doing this, doing this, and it's good. Make money. God tells us in the Bible that we should provide for our own home. That's Bible. But sometimes a good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. And if you believe this gospel and you get in that wheelbarrow, he don't mind you going to church, but he's going to take you to his house on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, somewhere, somewhere. And if you've got to work on something, mean, there's got to, Jesus will change your life. But it's, let me tell you something. It's not a giving it up. It's trading it up. But people think they have time. And I'm just going to go a little fast here. Paul the apostle, back to him. He stood on this floor that was like the Senate floor, and he stood before two kings. You can read it in the book of Acts. One was named Festus. The other one was named Felix. These two were the heavy hitters of of Rome, of the Roman Empire. Paul was in chains. He was accused of rioting and inciting riots because he would preach the gospel in front of the temple of Zeus. And uh, the people that made the statues of Zeus didn't like Paul. He was bad for business because people heard the gospel and broke their statues of Zeus and become followers of Christ. And they hated that guy. That's bad for business. So they, the Jews also didn't like him because he wasn't real religious. He wasn't stuffy with, with those outfits. He was all about sinners and saving sinners. So they had him in chains. He stood before the two kings. He gave them the gospel. Festus looked at him and said, Paul, when I have a more convenient time, I'll, I'll hear you again. But I want you to see what King Agrippa said. Paul looked at King Agrippa, and he called him out on the Senate floor. He was right next to his wife. And he said, Agrippa, I know he's in chains. He goes, I know you believe what I'm telling you. He said that. And let me just say that. Some of you believe and you know what I'm talking about. Today's the day to get in that wheelbarrow. Agrippa, what are you going to do? And Agrippa, and everyone looked at him. His wife looked at him. His senators looked at him. His kids, everybody that was there was like, ooh, what is Agrippa going to do? And this is what it said. And King Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. You almost, Pastor Eddie, you almost got me. I've heard about Jesus. I, I know God's been doing things in my life. Me sitting here today, I'm just telling you, if you just knew my story, God is doing something. But I've been, there's something here in my life I'm afraid. People are going to judge me. People are going to look at me differently. I don't know what I'm going to meet to my wife. I don't know what's going to happen to my husband, my kids, my coworkers. I don't know. I can't do all of this. You almost persuade me, Pastor Eddie. Let me tell you something, let me do more than just almost. Let today be the day that you say, I am. And Paul said, Agrippa, I wish you would today be just like me, except for these chains. He literally said that. Paul had a sense of humor. The sad thing is, the next morning, Paul got up and he left, and there's never, ever again a mention of Festus or King Agrippa. Isn't it sad to know that King Agrippa died almost a Christian? Almost is what some people miss it. They know about Jesus, but they miss it. Wasn't so with Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene said, I heard the good news. I'm done with this life. I'm done trying to look like I got it all together because I don't. I'm tired of being religious. 
coming to church every week with my Bible and talking about Jesus, but deep down, I don't know him. I'm not living for him. I'm tired of living that life. Mary Magdalene said, I don't want to miss him no more. And she went after Jesus. A woman, she was a, a woman who was looked at as second-class citizen in the, in the Jewish world in those days. She was a, sec- a woman was a second-class citizen. She was a woman of the night. She had seven demons in her. That's, just let your imagination go. This woman was in bondage. She was messed up. And here she come to Jesus. And Jesus, on the morning, the very first person to ever be told to go and tell the apostles that Jesus has risen. The first person to carry the gospel in your Bible was a Jewish woman who had seven demons. This is the last point. Mary would say, number one, you can know about Jesus and miss him. But number two, the gospel is perfect, but it was made for imperfect people. She would say, this is the thing that everybody must know about the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus Christ. Some of you think, man, I don't come to church. Some of you are watching online. I didn't go to church because the building's going to fall on me. When we've heard that so many times, if the building didn't fall on your pastor... Because you don't hurt a little bit of what I've been through. It's not going to fall on you. The gospel message was made for imperfect people. So let me just say a little bit back to the church, and then we'll tie this in, and I'm really kind of closing right now. Since we are imperfect people, that means the churches are filled with imperfect people. That means it's possible to even come to church, and maybe some of you have come to church, and, and you got hurt in church. You had disappointment, dis- disagreements, and, and the pastor didn't, didn't do something or say something or whatever, or somebody in church, whatever. We can all get hurt. The Bible says in the book of James that we all offend one another with this thing in our mouth. The Bible says that. I love the Bible. The Bible's not boring. You're boring. The Bible's amazing. The Bible's life-changing. If we will read it and look at it and let it be like a mirror to show us ourselves. The churches are filled with broken people and imperfect people. Your pastor is imperfect. Please don't put me on a pedestal. Put me on your prayer list. I'm going to offend you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to do something. Not intentionally. It's just going to happen. You've even heard some people say, man, uh, the people of the world's treating me better than the people in that church. You know, I've heard people like that. I've grown up in church. I've been, I've had an apple out of that sack, as my dad would say. The reason why that is, is sometimes we put a higher expectation on the people in the church than we do in the world. We don't expect our coworker to treat us very nice. So our expectation for our coworker is like way down here. So they can, they can fall short. They can hurt our feelings. We don't expect it. We won't get offended. But for some reason, we love to put people in the church, especially leaders, up on a pedestal. So when they do something down here, we're offended this much. And the Bible actually says this is one trick that the devil, there's actually a real devil, he actually does this. It's called the bait of Satan. It's a trap. So I'm just telling you that the churches are filled with imperfect people because we're all trying to be more like Jesus Christ. And this gospel is for the one sitting next to you just as much as it is for me. Because I'm still in the process. Someone say process. How many still in the process today? And it's okay. And here's the thing. Don't give up. Because when you get offended at work, you didn't quit your job. 
When you got offended at school, you didn't walk out of your, 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 when your family offended you, you didn't disown them. You might have blocked them, but hey, you're getting together today for Easter, ain't you? You're going to sit on the other table, but you're going to be together. But sometimes when somebody just rubs us the wrong, wrong way in the church, we up and we out of here. And listen, if people have done that and left up out of here, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I'm going to tell you, when you see them at Walmart, give them a hug for me. Because we're all imperfect people. We love you. And if you got hurt at another church, pray for them. I don't even know why I'm saying this. This was not in the early service. Now I'm closing. Mary's gospel, she would add two more details, and that's number one. You can know about Jesus and you can miss him. Don't miss him. Eternity relies on it. And number two, the gospel is made for imperfect people. Paul the apostle, let me just throw this in there because I got it on the screen. Felicia did so much hard work on all these graphics every week. I got to use them. When I don't, she gets mad. Paul the Apostle, this was his, his gospel, his story. If Paul was sitting here and I said, how did you get saved? This is what Paul, the great apostle, said. He said, although I was formerly a violent and arrogant man, pastors say, what? I obtained mercy. For this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I've obtained mercy. Can we all stand to our feet right now? Paul would say the perfect gospel was made for imperfect people. I want us to just bow our heads right now as a worship team coming and they're going to play some music and it just, uh, music is very spiritual, it's very anointed. I believe the presence of the Lord is here. We have prayed for so many people this weekend. We saw new faces coming all weekend long. This morning we had five give their hearts to the Lord, probably 20 raised their hand for other needs. Yeah, amen, give God praise. Isn't that amazing? People online are watching and God is doing some amazing, it's good to see everybody else. My mom and dad are here. Good to see my dad that's here battling some health issues he's here shout out to jeff and tammy from carolina with us today you probably have friends and family and maybe you're visiting today well now this is the moment where we say am i gonna get in that wheelbarrow i'm just gonna watch somebody else do it or i'm gonna be like king agrippa next time bro i pray you do what I did November the 5th, about 9.30 in the morning, 1997, driving my truck. Wasn't even in the church. I said, God, you've been working on me. I don't know if I can serve you. I mean, I don't know if I can do this Christian life. But I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to be that guy. Men, listen to me. I'm going to be that guy that knows Jesus and reads his Bible. I'm going to be that guy. I used to make fun of, I'm going to be that guy. I used to make fun of the football fanatics. These guys are so stupid. And then I went down and I saw Barry Sanders and I saw this dude run. I was like, and I, I was hooked for life and now I'm the main guy. Yeah! On football Sunday. I used to be the same guy make fun of people going to church and praying in the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and all of that music. And what are you doing? Sunday's my day. God went through a a series of circumstances led me to make this decision and finally I said God at 25 years old I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow I don't even know how long I'm going to stay I'm just going to try it 
And it's amazing what happened when I believed in that gospel. Shackles came off of my life. Addiction has come. I've never relapsed. You just need to know that it's possible to live in victory. I'm not perfect. That's my wife. But I'm walking victoriously because of the gospel. And so can you. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen